0: Thanks for tuning into the Texas Family Law Podcast, where we provide you tips and insight to help you navigate divorce and child custody situations.
1: This is Brian Walters.
0: And I'm Jake Gilbreth. We are the managing partners at Walters-Gilbreth PLLC, with offices in Houston, Austin, and Dallas, and we're both board certified in family law by the Texas Board of Legal Specialization.
1: Your hosts are broadcasting from the Lone Star State of Texas, where both have earned a reputation as fierce and effective advocates, both inside and outside the courtroom. Uh,
0: All right, so this episode, we wanted to talk about a common question and one that actually Wrote on last week and at the same time got the same question from a client, and that is, when is the right time or best time to file for divorce? Brian and I were just talking before we started recording. I think ultimately it's an emotional question. We're not going to sit here and tell you you know, that your relationship isn't working out and you need to file for divorce. Brian and I are not mental health professionals and everybody's situation is different and we want it to work for the family unit and for everybody individually that they're emotionally taken care of and things happen at the right time, if they are going to happen. But there are some legal considerations that people need to take into consideration whenever uh, they're deciding whether or not to file for divorce. But I guess before we get into that, let's do, though, talk about, as much as we can, the emotional aspect of it. We have clients that come in, and I think Brian and I are the first ones to tell everybody that this is a hard time. If it's a divorce or even if it's a child, just a child custody case or any type of lawsuit, really, is an emotional and difficult time. And a lot of times our clients are, our prospective clients are looking to us and saying, is this, is this the right time? Uh, should I file for divorce? What do you think? Brian, I'd be curious of your thoughts. When, what I always tell people about that is nobody, nobody hopes for, I think more than even us, that things work out. I know that sounds a little silly coming from a divorce lawyer. Some of the reviews online that I'm proudest of is I've had clients come to me and we do the consult and you get done with it and you look at them and go, are you sure? <laughs> you really, you know, we're, we're here for you. Um, we're, we're absolutely going to be supportive of you if you decide. This sounds like y'all may want to work it out. Or we have clients that come to us and, and say, hey, I, I, maybe they filed for divorce already with us. or they're thinking about doing it. They've already hired us and they say, actually, we're thinking about going to marriage counseling. I think, you know, get your thoughts in a second, Brian, but I'm the first one to go, great, great. If you can work it out, great. If you're physically, obviously physical, physically safe, if you're financially safe, if you can work it out, that's wonderful. I do every once in a while hear horror stories of divorce lawyers that I think probably too much are pushing people to, maybe they do it because for business reasons or, or what have you, but push people when they don't need to be pushed. People need to be supported, not pushed uh, on what's a life-changing decision. And before we start talking about the legal aspects, I do want to talk about the emotional difficulty of it all. What about you, Brian? How's that? How do you deal with that when that topic often comes up in the initial phone call or first few weeks of representation? What do you tell people?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's you and I each have personal experience in this, and and it's a it's a difficult decision to make, even when it seems pretty obvious. It's difficult, and mo- and many times the it's one of those situations where the grass is not necessarily going to be greener on the other side. Um, Or maybe a better way to put it is maybe some things might be better and some things will definitely be worse. Part of these situations are zero-sum games and time with your children, for example. it's You are going to have less time with your children if you get divorced. I'm I'm 99.9% sure of that. You may have more time or less time than the other parent, but you will have less time than we're having right now, probably. Yeah, I would. I always tell people to be real sure about it, and and I also tell them to go, you know, talk to other attorneys if they want to. I think it's a decision that that they should make with full understanding of the seriousness of it. And those clients, I think you're you're exactly right. Those are the clients that I think are the the most appreciative of us who've who've really thought about this carefully and and chosen to go down that road with us
0: yeah there's again we're not we certainly don't push anybody but then once there is that time where that's why clients are calling us usually and a lot of times they've made the decision But it's not every client that comes in and wants to talk through the emotional aspect with a with their divorce lawyer or potential divorce lawyer uh, we totally get it when when you are struggling emotionally and sometimes people or I would say even a lot of the times when people uh, come to us, it's they've thought about it. They've spoken to their counselor. They've spoken to their pastor, friends, family, whoever their support network is, they've talked to. And we always encourage people to talk to those, that support network. Most of the time when people contact us, they've, then they've made the decision that this is what's best for themselves personally, for their family unit. Ultimately people make these decisions to file for divorce because the individual feels it's best for the family unit or the other spouse's files for divorce. And there's, the decision has been made already. So then once you get past that part of it, and I guess before we leave that topic, I'll say too, is just what Brian and I always say. And I know our associates says there's really no judgment in any way. Sometimes people feel embarrassed. I think they'll come, they'll hire us, they'll file for divorce. And then maybe they'll decide not to, or they want to put the divorce on hold or, or try counseling or something. And they, You know, it's funny, they almost seem a little embarrassed to tell their divorce lawyer about it. No, that's fine. If it works, great. Hope to never hear from you again. I like you, but I hope to never hear from you again. And if it doesn't work out, here we are. And there really is no judgment. And then there's people that come to us and the decision has just been made and there's no, it's just going to happen. And a lot of times that's the right decision, frankly. And there's no judgment that way either. It's just, we're just there for the clients either way. But then let's talk about the legal question about it. It's just once people have made that decision, I think they want to know about, okay, so timing. Is there a particular timing that I need to file for divorce? You know, that's a, I think it's case by case. Obviously there's different strategy points for every single individual case, but I guess overall, um, Brian, what would you say as far as, I think the most common question we have on this is, does it matter who files first? Uh, I get that question all the time. But does it matter... If my husband files for divorce first, or my wife files for divorce first, I mean, is there, am I going to be at a strategic disadvantage? What's the answer to that? And I know it's case by case, but generally, how do you approach that question, Brian? I,
1: I think there are some reasons why it's strategically important. C- certain types of cases uh, with certain fact situations, which we can go over, there there are pr- not too many of those. There, but some, but the ones that do exist can be really important. Then I think there is a tactical question of filing first, does that give you some type of advantage in the actual litigation? I used to say no, and our system is set up to say no, it doesn't matter if you're the first, the person who files first is called the petitioner and the person who responds is the respondent or the counter petitioner. I used to think the answer was it did not matter. And I've now come to the conclusion that after many years of litigating, that it can make a difference to be an advantage to file first in some cases. It's, and sometimes that's a little hard to predict whether that's going to be true or not at the time of filing. But So the answer to both of those is yes, I think there's some cases, maybe 5% of them where it's a strategic advantage to file first, and there's an overarching possibility that there will it's an advantage to file first in, in the day-to-day court system. That's my take on it, but that's, again, changed over time, and you may view it a little bit differently than me. I'm not sure. I might disagree with myself a year from now. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's the. I think everybody would agree that if you've got an emergency, then you need to file first. If it's health and safety of the kids, drugs and alcohol, family violence, stuff like that, you need to file for divorce first, for no other reason but to be able to seek out immediate protection from the court, either through a restraining order or ex parte protective order or or both, you need to file. Frankly, a lot of times we have these cases where there's allegations of family violence or drugs or alcohol. A lot of times, a lot of times falsely, but a lot of times the accusations go both ways. Somebody comes in and says, "My spouse hit me." And inevitably the other side, true or false, a lot of times false, the other side goes, "Do I actually know the other spouse is the one that's violent. She hit me or she's the crazy one or he's the crazy one." And if you don't file first, and so let's say both sides are basically kicking off the divorce with a request for emergency relief from the court, what's called ex parte relief. You're going in there, with an affidavit without letting the other side know and in asking for an emergency order from the court. If you're the one that pulls the trigger first on that, let's say both sides are gonna ask for an ex parte protective order. If you're the one that pulls the trigger on that first, then you know you're gonna you're gonna be at a substantial advantage because you're gonna get your order signed and it's it's difficult, I think, for a judge to sign an ex parte protective order, for example, for a husband and then wife comes in two three days later. Ask for an ex parte protective order. They're gonna go. Hey, All right, granted one for the husband. I can't really believe that both sides. So let's just have a hearing, and we'll just figure it out then. And then the judge has placed the kids under an order with you know the husband because he filed first. Then the wife's at a disadvantage because it may be a couple of weeks before she can get into court. I had that situation. This would be about a, yeah, about a year ago exactly where both sides had pretty wild accusations about both sides frankly a lot of them were true both ways husband went in and got an ex parte protective order when the wife totally could have been justified going to get an ex parte protective order i didn't represent her at the start of it husband gets an ex parte protective order it's in place for 20 days the kids are with him she's cut off completely eventually i get the case Almost 20 days later, we're set for court. We're going to clean up a court. Oh, wait, we didn't get reached. The court was too busy. So the ex parte protective order gets extended. And then there's another 20 days where the husband has the kids and the wife doesn't. And all without there even being a hearing. And that was a, it was detrimental to our kids. And it was a street strategic disadvantage. Now, the end of the story is we eventually had a three-day hearing and all the evidence came out and the judge ended up giving our client custody denied the protective order the husband had asked against her and and so when the evidence all came out it was fine but that wasn't easy it was a really good judge too it was so it was it took a lot of it took a lot of guts I think for the judge to essentially say I was wrong for putting the kids with the dad for essentially a month on an ex parte basis and now that I've heard the evidence I'm going to switch it up it was a good judge and she was willing to do that but I, I think it's a disadvantage and then the other thing I know I'm rambling on about, but this is still so goes to Brian's point of changing opinions, too, about who files first. What I do tell clients is when they ask who files first, and let's say this is not an emergency, I, I say the legal, let me give you this, the technically correct answer. The technical answer is whoever files first gets to present evidence first at a final trial, and most likely at a temporary orders hearing as well. Whenever it's, you know, whenever a case goes to final trial, the judge is going to look at the petitioner first, who filed first and have them make the first opening statement. Then the responder makes an opening statement. Then they're going to look at the petitioner and say, okay, call your first witness. Does that make a difference at trial? If somebody gets to present their evidence first, probably in front of a judge, probably not. Although we're all human. I'm, I'm curious your thoughts, Brian, I think it makes a difference with a jury in some cases. Uh, what's your experience with juries? I mean, do they, is it an advantage to go first in front of a jury or because they all get the speech you're doing for dire and it, they don't make up your mind until you hear the other side. They all get that speech and the judge tells them that. But do they really listen to that?
1: It depends. And, it, and the answer is sometimes yes. It's I think it's a question of setting the narrative. If you can set, really a trial is a... One side is attempting to set their narrative and the other side attempting to set theirs. It's rarely a case where all the evidence is just in one direction only. And if you can set that narrative, then the other side may either have to be defensive about it in in the second half of the case, or the jury may have, many or several of the jurors may have already made up their mind, and that story, that narrative makes sense to me, and whatever else comes in after that, even though they may... Maybe thinking they're going to be open-minded, they, they aren't. They've already got that in place. So that's where I think really precisely where I think it is if you can set that narrative by being first, and it works with judges sometimes. I, I think that it's probably more effective with juries, but it can also work with a judge, I believe, then that is a really powerful tool. and you may it may be decisive in some cases
0: yeah and if you're it's not i also know clients it's not the end of the world though if you're not the first because it is just about like you said saying that narrative and i think this goes into a much longer discussion about trial strategy and everything like that but i think a lot of i think that advantage is accentuated a lot of times by people not knowing how to litigate a case so they if you're on the respondent side a lot of people a lot of people go in and what's the saying in trial is the respondent is always despondent because you're always you're just listening to the other side go first. And if you're not if you're not experienced in in trial work, what you'll do as a lawyer being the respondent is you'll freak out when you hear the other side put their uh, evidence on, and then you'll change your theme to to address their theme rather than just sticking to your guns and doing your theme. It's, that's a much longer discussion, but that is that it goes back to who files first. If you don't know how to litigate them case, these cases properly, it's, it, it, makes, it makes a difference. And then I guess the only thing I'll say too on, on trial work is this is, I never understand this, but under, in a regular civil case, the petitioner, just like in a, in a criminal case, the prosecution, on closing arguments, the prosecution gets to close and rebut. Meaning the prosecution gets to stand up, make their closing argument, the defense makes a closing argument and then the prosecution gets to rebut what the defense just said. So prosecution gets to go twice, defense gets to go once. It's the same deal like a car wreck lawsuit. The plaintiff open or close the defense, then does their closing and then the plaintiff gets to rebut. And that makes sense in pros- in criminal cases and car wreck cases because the plaintiff has the burden of proof. The plaintiff has to prove that the defendant was negligent or the prosecution has to prove that the defendant is guilty. And in a divorce, that doesn't make sense because everybody's got the same burden of proof. So we are going to get divorced? Yeah. What's in the best interest of the kids? What's a just and right division in the state? What's separate? What, well, I guess separate's a little bit different because you have to prove it. What's a just and right division? What's the character? Uh, what's the value? Everybody has the same burden of proof. So why does the petitioner get to go twice just because they, they filed 30 seconds before me? They get to do two closing arguments. So that is bizarre, and that doesn't make sense. But nobody's changed the rule. Nobody asked my opinion when they wrote that rule, and that's I. I think that's a more nuanced advantage you have to filing for divorce. And, and like you were saying, Brian, I think this is one percent, two percent of the cases. But we do like to have that discussion with clients, just so they know everything that's everything that's out there whenever they file. And then I guess to. To wrap up, I guess I would say it's really up to the individual. Brian, can we figure, finish up with, so how do you do if somebody's in your office and say, I'm thinking about filing for divorce or I'm ready to file for divorce? Logistically, what is that process from your end as far as getting from that consultation to getting the divorce filed?
1: Really, that's really simple. I, it's, I think, surprising sometimes for Clients, um, it's actually really simple to retain our firm. It simply requires signing a contract, which we have people do electronically on their phones or iPads or whatever. If they're, I'll email it to them even if they're sitting across the, the table from me. They can open it on their phone and sign it and then just pay whatever the retainer fee is. There's a link to do that. And then it's also remarkably easy to file these initial documents. And in, in most cases, there are a few where you need to really put some thought into them and in affidavits or their pleadings. But generally, it's a very simple process that we can do either same day or the next business day at the latest. That's, and so if some, if it is a race to the courthouse and, and it is important that we file first, we will drop what we're doing and make sure that we probably, I guess if somebody said to me, I want to file, I could probably have a divorce on file, it, assuming it's not one of these really rare, really difficult or long ones, I could probably have one on file within an hour from the moment yeah. they said that maybe less. And it sometimes does make a difference. I had a case once where we it was <laughs> there was a tornado warning and it was in the old days when you had to go file something in person and we literally had a race to the courthouse in two different states, and we, we beat the other side in another state by about 30 minutes. And that was actually decisive in the case. And those things matter. And, and I knew it was important. I knew it was a race to the courthouse. We won it. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's easy if you put your mind to it. I, I talked to a potential client yesterday who's hired a lawyer in February who still has not managed to file the original petition six months later. That's the other extreme, but usually we can do it really quickly.
0: I mean extreme, but it's the, for me, waiting more than 24 hours is extreme. I just don't, I see it all the time though. You and I have this conversation all the time, Brian, because we get the potential clients calling. It's like, I hired this lawyer and it's been two or three days and they haven't done anything yet. And I think that's the norm. And that's crazy to me that it's not fun filing for a divorce. It's really not fun making that uh, emotional decision to you file for divorce, hiring a lawyer, which is an emotional decision and difficult. And then sitting there waiting for two or three days before something gets filed, that's mind-blowing to me. Brian, you and I get hired all the time over the weekend, and <laughs> it's filed over the weekend. That's, I love our associates. They're such hard workers, and I've had, and we had one, I think, three weeks ago, hired. Talked to us on Saturday, and I told them, was like, I don't expect my associates to work over the weekend, so it'll be filed first thing Monday morning. The, the associate that was on the case. Responded to her message on Saturday. Had a file Saturday evening, and you know that's. I, I think that should be expected of of us. It's not the norm by any stretch of the imagination. I think everybody just has this meandering mentality that it'll take a few days and we'll just get to it when we get to it. And I, I just don't understand it. If I was a client, and I've I've had to hire lawyers in my life, and it's the slowness, particularly on that first initial difficult decision which is filing for the divorce or the custody case i, I don't understand delay so yeah brian just if you're in my office and you're saying i want to file right now i really i just just rip the band-aid off i want to file it or it makes a legal difference but we will drop everything we'll get it done and i think that makes this difference but that's what we strive to be is different so yeah that's a interesting topic i think you probably could ram you know tie it to a bunch of other stuff But that's probably enough for this episode don't you think
1: I agree. Hopefully that's helpful. And I'm sure we'll be back on here very soon with another one.
0: All right. Talk to you soon.